Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now remember, when we talk about light, he's saying that I am what illuminates in this world. It's interesting, he just say, I'm the light of heaven. I am the light of the world. And notice what else he says here. He who follows me. If you follow Jesus, you're not going to walk in darkness. It may look dark around you, but remember, he says, you're not going to walk in darkness. But have the light of life. Keep that in mind as we go through today's message. We know that during the Thanksgiving season, at times we tend to become a bit more self-reflective and self-conscious of expressing words of appreciation and gratefulness to God and to family and to friends. In my experience, life encounters and maturity has been essential in helping us to develop a more uh, thankful mindset beyond the Thanksgiving season. When I say mature, we're developing spiritually in the way that we think, the way that we talk, and the way that we conduct our lives. We are doing that, and we're more thankful. You're not just thankful during Thanksgiving season, but your lifestyle is one where you are thankful. You have a lifestyle of being thankful. You're thankful uh, in January, in February, in March, in April. Let me tell you something. When you live long enough and you've seen some of the things uh, you see life from, uh, you see life, life. You're grateful that you're in the position that you're in right now. Let me tell you something. When, uh, I was listening to, um, uh, a minister yesterday and he was talking about how that, you know, he said, and I, of course, you know, they go, this, when you look at life, you think about this and there's seasons where you see you experience more deaths at certain times than other times. Uh, we've experienced a lot of deaths this year, and we've been to a lot of services this year. In fact, I'm going to one today for uh, a pastor friend of mine who had passed, who's passed away. And that's reality to me. That, that kind of hit me in a place, because I'm a pastor myself, that, that hit. I can't deny that, because when you think about that, you know, the Bible says very clearly, life is not but a short time. You got to make sure that you are, you got to be ready. Just got to be ready. I mean, I can go through all the things about it and say so forth and so on. But when Jesus knows it's appointed on the man wants to die and after that, the resurrection. So we got to make sure that we are ready. And I know many of you are, so that doesn't that doesn't really throw me. But I want to make sure that we live life while we're here on the earth. We got to live life while we're here on the earth because I'm not. Life being passed you by and everybody else being live life and you'll be sitting around wondering what's going on. Now, I believe that spiritual maturity opens us to see the value of our relationship with Jesus and his written and revealed word. When I talk about value, our worth, our usefulness, and the benefits. And as we continue to mature in God's word, it becomes natural to rely on relationship with Jesus when dealing with problems, challenges, trials, tribulations, and so forth, as well as success and triumphs. Paul made this clear in Philippians 3 and 8. In fact, let's go to Philippians 3 and 8. I want to look at that scripture. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. 
He says this, yet indeed I count all things laws for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the laws of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Again, yet indeed I count, I think, I judge all things. But when I judge them, I, I rather have the knowledge, the intelligence, the understanding, the moral wisdom and righteousness of Christ, Jesus, my Lord, from whom I've suffered the laws of all things and count them as rubbish, worthless, detestable, that I may gain or inquire or obtain for myself Christ. Righteous living is not that we're without flaws or error, but integrity, integrity, which is character of the deepest values is to strive to live to please Jesus. You know, Paul had many opportunities to get off course through the number of dangerous situations he had, the mishaps, the attempts on his life. I remember reading in the book of Acts where people made this vow to vow that they would not eat until Paul was dead. Now that's sad right there. I am not going to eat until this man is dead. And they it wasn't just one or two. It was several of them that made a vow that if I if Paul does not die, I am not going to eat. The only way he got out, God had to provide a way of escape. Paul was on a ship. In fact, he was a prisoner on the ship and and we was on that ship, and the ship was going somewhere. And, and uh, on, on the way, the ship got in a wreck, and excuse me, it was in a storm. They couldn't. They threw all the cargo out, cargo out, and because he was a slave, they wanted to throw him off too. Uh, but they kept Paul on there, and and long story kind of short, Paul ended up. Only thing that saved him was they had what we what in our terminology a plank. He grabbed the hold of a plank and sailed, excuse me, floated on to land. Paul went through all of this for the gospel's sake. And then, after everything, he considered everything. He said, you know what? After everything I've been through, I count everything else. But one scripture says, King James says, dog. Dog. Why? Because I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know about Jesus. I want to know about my Savior. After everything I've been through, after everything I have experienced, people trying to kill me, shipwrecked, all in jail for crazy stuff, and everything I consider, I want to know Christ. Can you imagine after everything you've been through, do you want to know Christ? Do you want to know who Jesus, after every trial, after every sickness, after every financial trial, do you want to know Jesus? Paul made that decision. After everything he had been through, I want to know Jesus. You know, let me digress just for a moment. I believe truly that people that have been through a life, they're thankful that they know Jesus. They're thankful they know prayer. They're thankful they know praise and worship. They're thankful that they know the power of the scripture. They're thankful they know, amen, that God will answer a prayer. He says yes and amen. They're thankful, amen, that when everything else goes, he said, I never leave you nor forsake you. They're thankful that when you go through trials and tribulation, God is there with you. Thankful to know Jesus. Woo! How many are thankful to know Jesus in the sanctuary? Woo, 
wee. I'm talking about when your job is acting funny, thankful to know Jesus. When the family not acting right, thankful to know Jesus. When your body not acting right, thankful to know Jesus. Look, when your money is funny, you're thankful to know Jesus. Because you know he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Only way you kept your mind straight is because of Jesus. Only reason you're here in this position you're in today is because of Jesus. Thankful to know Jesus. So I believe Paul had made a decision of what was important in his life. And see, one thing I've learned is that you don't make decisions like this without somebody teaching you how to make the proper decision. Paul, I believe, learned it from Jesus, especially when you read scriptures like Matthew 22, 35 through 39. Let's go there. Matthew 25, excuse me, 22. And in this particular scripture, Matthew, when asked, excuse me, Jesus was asked a question, what is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? I mean, Jesus, we talk about commandments and there's more than 10, of course, most of us know that. But what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest? What's the greatest order? What's the greatest prescribed rule? And what's the greatest thing that we need in our lives? And, and, and we read in Matthew 20. Let's read that scripture. 22, 35 through 39. Let's read that so we can go back and get a better understanding of it. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, t- testing him and saying, teacher, what, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Interesting, he used the word law there speaking to a lawyer. Because he wanted that lawyer to know even in your law, this, there's no greater commandment than this right here. There's no greater commandment than this one right here. And so one thing you would notice about the lawyer, the lawyer was trying to test Jesus in verse 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Man, who in the world want to test Jesus? Jesus knows too much to try to test him. He knows too much about your life to try to test him. Best thing we can do is say, Lord, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And let me say this to you on a personal note. You live long enough, you're not going to understand every decision that Jesus makes in your life at first. You got to receive it by faith. But yet, understand this, he's got your best interest in mind. Everything that Jesus does and allows you to deal with, he has your best interest in mind. But they were testing him, examining him, testing how he would think and think and behave in a situation. Teach you what's the greatest commandment of the law. We have to be careful how we approach people and how we try to uh, test people in that particular regard. Jesus said to him, you should love the Lord your God. Notice this, you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your minds, your passions, your choices, and with all your soul, your desires and affections, and with all your mind, your understanding, your decision making. And this is the first and great commandment, the order, the charge, the prescribed rule. With thank- And the second is like to it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. I'm thankful for this order because it protects us from things and people that try to pull our heart, our soul, and our mind from Jesus. 
It could be our job pulling on us, our bills pulling on us, relationships pulling on us, people pulling on us, friends pulling on us. Anything will try to pull on you, but notice trying to get in the, in the place where Jesus should be. We can't sit around in judgment because many of us would be honest, have allowed things and people to move Jesus from being first in our lives. Can I be real with you? I've lived long enough that I put Jesus second, third, fourth, and fifth. Now, I, I go ahead and admit mine. You don't have to say anything. I've been in this thing for over 30 years now. I have, I've let Jesus slip from his place where he should be. And let me say this to you. It did not work out well for me neither. He gave me time to repent, but, but if I didn't repent quick enough, woo, it was not a good thing. So don't make the mistake I've made in the past of putting Jesus second or third or fourth or fifth. Because he don't like to be second. He don't like to be third. He don't like to be fourth. And to be honest with you, he don't deserve to be second or third or fourth or fifth. He deserves to be first in every area of our lives. He deserves to be number one. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He deserves to be number one. He has paid the price to be number one. And most importantly, he knows everything. He knows what you're going to deal with before you deal with it. We're not smart enough. We don't know enough. We're not strong enough to be in the place where God deserves to be in. He deserves to be there. Because why? He knows all things. Again, we have to be thankful for spiritual maturity because it causes us to be anchored in this commandment that teaches us to properly love Jesus and those around us. We got to be unmovable, stationary, and grounded in that commandment. As we develop and mature in our relationship with Jesus, we are learning more about him and his kingdom, which is necessary for our peace, our prosperity, and deliverance as believers. Jesus is the light that dispels, eliminates, dismisses, or disperses darkness. He is the light of the world. In our relationship with Jesus, he continues to expose us to his kingdom. His kingdom can be defined as God's way of doing things. And as we do, and as we do it God's way, he protects us from the dark forces that would try to take over our lives. Now let me say this, and I want people to understand this, and don't take this the wrong way. You can be saved for a number of years, but darkness will still try to take over your life even after you get saved. Darkness will still try to take over. In fact, I have lived long enough to see people who who used to walk in light but have allowed darkness to take over their life. Sad but true. They have allowed the darkness, the biblical darkness, to take back over their life. Because darkness don't give up just because you come to church. Darkness don't give up because you pay your tithes and give your art offer. Darkness don't give up because you sing the songs of Zion right down the road. Darkness does not give up on you. In fact, you could be in, listen, singing the song of Zion one minute and two minutes later, darkness will overshadow that car. How you know, Pastor? You have some thoughts that will make you make people blush if they knew your thoughts. It will make listen. It will make you listen. You can be upset with somebody. You can be singing one minute, but a phone call can cause you to be upset. It will cause you to say, oh "My God, what is they thought talking about?" Cause you to be upset. Notice, darkness will still try to take back over your life. You ain't li- listen. You be sitting at home watching a good show, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, your darkness has taken over your life. 
by yourself, nobody in the room with you. Darkness will try to take over your life. Darkness is, you got to watch out for darkness. Got to watch out for darkness. Now, while we know darkness has a lot to do with wicked and twisted actions, attitudes, and behaviors, we also understand that darkness can be defined as ignorance of, or lack of insight when it comes to divine promises. So not only is it wickedness and twisted actions and evil, but it's also a lack of insight into divine promises. Listen, it's not that you don't know, but when you get a chance to know, you don't take advantage of what you get to know. That makes sense what I'm saying. You, you got an opportunity to learn about the light, but yet you reject what you get ready to learn. It is imperative that we, when we have an opportunity to learn about the light, that we take full advantage of it. Because the light is going to dispel darkness. Darkness See, one thing we need to know, God is not slack or sluggish concerning his promises. Darkness will come into, come into our lives and try to convince us that God is not going to do what he promised in our lives. Promises like restore our family, heal our body, cause us to go from lack to prosperity. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Let me give you a scripture to back that up. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Because God is a man that was going to keep his promises. He's going to keep his word. It may take a moment to get there, but it's going to come to pass. Because I'll be honest with you, I've been long with Christ for a long time now. God has not moved on my timing, but maybe I can't even think about one or two, three, maybe four times. I'm talking, he moves when he want to move. Because he has the best picture in mind. He knows what's best for me. I think I know what's best for me, but God knows what's best for me. How many think you know what's best for me? Let's be real. You never thought, well, you know what's best for you. Have you ever told God, I need you to do this right now, and I need this done right now? Anybody ever prayed that prayer other than me? I just want to be real. Okay, I'm not the only one. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one to ask God and talk to God like that every now and then. And knowing that God be looking at me sometimes, (laughs) you think you know. (laughs) Woo, glory be to God. (laughs) Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not slack concerning his promises. But see, darkness look for opportunities to work, work when we remain unlearned and lack understanding of divine promises. Also, too, when you don't understand God's timing, you can get frustrated. Be in anxiety, be upset, think that God's not moving, but all it is, you're just, you just don't understand God's timing. Because you gotta understand God's timing, because you can have a promise, but God's timing may not be the time for that promise to manifest. In the spiritual realm, I should say. Now, natural, I mean, in the, excuse me, in the natural realm. Spiritual realm, yes. Natural realm, well, that's God's timing. That's God's timing. God getting you out of debt. God's timing. God healing your body. That's God's timing. God promoting you. That's God's timing. Not to say he's not going to do it. It's just he's in his time. See, darkness when we have limited understanding of certain divine things as it relates to God's written and revealed word. We may, we may have knowledge of some things, but lack of knowledge of other things. And that's, that's part of it. Because let's face it, all of us started in darkness 
But God has been revealing things to us the more we walk to him. See, the more we learn about Jesus, the more we mature, the more we grow, the more we learn about the things of God. We learn when we pray that God is moving on our prayers, even though we don't see him moving all the time. We see God when we give, it's going to be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. But it may not be 30 minutes after service. We God is working, but we just don't see how he's working. God is too wise for us to figure him out. That's why we got to trust him. We got to trust his promises, trust what he says, trust what he does. We, darkness will try to stand between me and the light, which equates to stand, it will try to stand between my blessings and my godly increase. Darkness will try to hinder us from receiving better in our life. And one thing I wrote down, God has power to do it and he will do it. See, God, listen, some people make a promise they may or may not can do it. Through, I mean, it's, it's life. So I, I say I'm going to be there at a certain time. I may not be able to be there. But if God say he's going to be there at a certain time, God going to be there. If God say he's going to do something, God is going to do it. If God say he's going to heal you, God is going to heal you. If God says he's going to deliver you, God is going to deliver you. Why? Because he got the power for it to come to pass. And nothing, nothing, nobody, no thing, what can separate us from the love of God? His word should not return back to him void, but it should accomplish everything he set it out to do. Some of us know that in the sanctuary. Some of us know that God has been delivering us. Some of us know that God, look, Lord, I was going to say this for later, but I feel it in my spirit now. One thing I've noticed about God, and you need to understand this, that God has been protecting us a long time. Don't you ever, listen, never put hand sanitizer above God. Never put a mask above God. Never put, amen, a shot above God. Never put anything above God. Because he was protecting you before he came. He's protecting you now. I don't care how much you wash your hands. You never put that before God. Now, I don't mind. Listen, wear your mask. Do your hand sanitizer. Do all that kind of stuff. I do it myself. But the thing is, I don't put that before God. I don't put that before God. Listen, if I'm going somewhere and, and all of a sudden I put my mask down, if I put it down for two seconds and then put it back up and I catch something, it just meant for me to catch it. <laughs> I can't sit there and lose no sleep over stuff like that. Y'all follow me? Because sometimes I pull that mask down. Whoa, let me breathe a minute. <laughs> Y'all may not have stuff like that going on in your life. But the thing we got to understand, we don't put that before God because we got divine protection. Everybody say divine protection. Divine protection means not only do I have it here at church, but I have it in my job. I have it at school. I have it at the workplace. I got it at Dollar General. I got it at Kroger. I got it at Food Depot. I got it at Walmart. I got it going everywhere I go. I got divine protection. Divine protection. Now, y'all follow me here? Divine protection. He's got power to do it. Now, let's look at ways that God protects us from darkness. Ways that God has protected us from darkness. Let's look at our first scripture, John chapter 8, verse 12, which is our main scripture for today. John chapter 8, verse 12. One of the things when we talk about ways that God protects from darkness, we got to learn how, excuse me, we got to continue to follow Jesus. Then Jesus spoke to, them again, spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He who follows me, he goes in the same direction. Who's my disciple? Who's on my side? 
shall not walk in darkness, ignorance of divine things. Ignorance of, listen, unlearn about divine promises, but have the light of life. To follow Jesus means I'm excited about my personal decision to learn about Jesus, as well as gain knowledge and understanding concerning his word. I'm motivated to pray. I'm like Paul, what it says, I, I count everything but loss so I may know the knowledge of Christ. I'm motivated to pray. I'm, I, I enjoy coming to church. I, I love studying my sermon notes because I know it's going to give me knowledge and understanding for me to make decisions by. When I pray about certain things throughout the week, I expect to get answers and guidance and confirmation and encouragements either on Sunday morning or during the Zoom Bible study. I have a divine illuminator that shines knowledge and understanding of divine promises. I can access my divine promises, even recognize that God been working the whole time. I didn't know he was working like he working, but God was working the whole time. Listen, I, I, I don't know about you, but I gave up and I said I wasn't going to do it. All of a sudden, a check showed up in the mail. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I had more money than what I realized. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Didn't know he was going to heal my body like he did, but he healed my body. Didn't know he was going to cause me to think, talk, and act better, but he did. Why? Because he was working the whole time. God never stopped working because I went through a, a pity party stage. He kept on working. He kept on delivering. He kept on healing. He said, you know what? I figured in your pity party and your deliverance. I used that as a way to get you out of what you was in. See, only God can take what the the enemy, enemy wants to do for bad and turn it around for good. Only God can do something like that. Man, we can't do that because we'll be still sitting in our pity party. But you know, it's your pity party get old real quick. You're like, my God, I'm better than this. God has got, listen, he did too much for me. God start reminding you every time he brought you out. He reminds you how he brought you out in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015. And you think God going to stop in 2020 to get me to 2021? God is still Lord of Lord and King of Kings. How God did this, he's going to do that again. Oh, he did it once, he'll do it again. Yeah. Oh, you never walk with God and God all of a sudden just reminds you what he did. Riding down the road, he reminds you what you did. And now all of a sudden you had that, you say, woo, woo, I, I, yeah, God, you did it once, you'll do it again. Your word is not, ain't stopped working because I stopped working it. You are still Lord of Lord. You are still King of Kings. You're still high and lifted up. You are still King. He'll give you, he'll, he'll do that for you. He'll give you his promises related to love, peace, prosperity, liberty, giving, prayer. It is God's word. Second Corinthians 1 and 20 reads as follows. All the, for all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. It's going to happen. Some things happen instantly and some things will be a process. Most of my life has always been a process. But the process makes you a, it causes character to develop in you. Hallelujah to God. Faith allows us to access God's divine promises. We gain faith by hearing and applying God's word. Romans 10 to 17 reads as follows, saying, if so, then faith come by here and hearing by the word of God. We have to continue to develop our appetite for the light and the light that comes from God's written and revealed word. It's important to develop, notice it's a lifestyle of coming to God's sanctuary and expecting to hear a word that's going to be essential for your spiritual growth. And develop it. Development. Sometimes your sister and brother in Christ will call and give an answer to encourage you along the way. 
We're thankful for every day that we get a chance to apply God's written and revealed word. We begin to realize the more that we follow Jesus, the more that darkness must leave along with his workers. His workers are oppression, depression, sadness, anxiety, fears, poverty, lack of resources, worry, frustration, brokenness, and so forth. It has to go because there is no darkness in Christ. And the more we follow Jesus and experience his joy, his peace, his prosperity, and hope, and such like, the more we can walk in those. To truly go after Jesus, we need his omniscient guide to lead and to guide us into all truth, as John 16 and verse 13 tells us. So let's go to John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13. This scripture here gives us strength and power in order to follow our omniscient God. Notice what he says in John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide, he will teach, he will instruct, he will direct, he will influence you into all truth. He knows everything. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural power and strength to follow Jesus and eager to help us to stay in that light. For that reason, we need the Holy Spirit. We need it. It is a necessity for a believer. And repentance is one of the most important steps to keep the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Repentance gives us, repentance comes when we get off track and we ask God to forgive us. It keeps us humble and it keeps us teachable. Acts 2 and 38 reads as follows. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent means to change my mind and to do better, to turn from my way of doing it to God's way of doing things. And then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 reads as follows. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you shall receive power, miracle working power, ability, abundance and strength and resources when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Billerica and Carrollton and Whitesburg and Alden County and Heard County and Noonan and Lana and LaGrange and wherever it is, Douglasville, you shall be witnesses for Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit, not just the witness which is essential to us as believers, but we need the Holy Spirit to make decisions, to keep us in relationships, to help our relationships, to help us understand people in the church, at work, and our business, and so forth. The Holy Spirit gives us strength to, uh, to recover from trials, tribulations, and hard times. We need the Holy Spirit to understand what the Spirit of God is doing in our lives. You know, sometimes you need the Holy Spirit just to let you know that, listen, I don't, listen, you may not have the full answer, but just to let you know you're on the right track. Just to let you know you got peace that passes all understanding. Because peace, will, listen, God will give you peace when he may not give you the full answer. Think about that for a moment. You may not have a full answer, but God will give you peace. 
We're thankful that Jesus is the light, and because he is the light, he gives us his Holy Spirit, who gives us the advantage. An advantage is a condition or circumstance that puts one in a favorable position. The Holy Spirit in the Excuse me, gives us the advantage. When we understand that the Holy Spirit gives us the advantage, it causes our confidence to go up spiritually and naturally. When I say confidence, I trust, I believe, our assurance to feel sure of oneself to go up and not down. And let me say this, confidence is not arrogance. Arrogance is to feel a sense of superiority, self-importance, and entitlement. We have confidence that our God can do anything except fail. We, there's some people in here have confidence in Jesus. I mean, you don't even, sometimes you can't explain your confidence. You're in a job and all of a sudden chaos is going on, but your faith is not in your job, it's in Jesus. Listen, something going on with your family. Your faith is not in your family. Your faith is in Jesus. Listen, something going on with your children. Your faith is not in your children, but it's in Jesus. Listen, something going on with your money. Your faith is not in your money, but it's in Jesus. Everybody see the difference here. When your faith is in Jesus, money may come, money may go. It don't cause your faith to waver one way or another. Are y'all following me? Your body can your body can go through changes. I realize that the older I get, my body go through a couple more changes. I wasn't even asking for. I didn't even ask it to come. I said I didn't give it permission. It, I, if it, if I known it was knocking at the door, I would have answered the door. I promise you, I wouldn't, my brother. But it showed up anyway. And all of a sudden, it tried to act funny. My body tried to act funny, but my confidence is not in my body. My confidence in Jesus that He's a healer. Are y'all following me? And he's a keeper. Even if it may take me a little bit longer to get out to bed, I'm still believing he's a keeper. Y'all, I mean, y'all, two people on two people got that. The rest of y'all pray for the rest of us. We also walk in the assurance that in him is no darkness at all. Go to First John chapter 1, verse 5. First John chapter 1 and verse 5. God gives us confidence that our God has no darkness in him. This is a message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is like, and in him is no darkness at all. There is no darkness. And when I say darkness, no ignorance of divine things, no wickedness, no misery, no evil at all in God. See, in God, there is no evil, no darkness, no uh, misery, no ignorance of divine things in God. See, in Jesus, you got to know that, excuse me, you got to know there is no darkness in God. God doesn't think, he doesn't talk, he doesn't even act in an evil way. Now, he's a righteous God, but he doesn't act evil. In other words, there is no evil intent in God. God doesn't do things out of evil intent. But let me say this to you. You may not agree with everything that God does, but he doesn't come from a place of evil doing it. You can see a, a hole in the, in the uh, Old Testament. You can see what God literally wiped out folks, but he didn't do it from an evil place. You may call it evil because you put human, human intellect on what you define as evil. But when we come to God, God comes from a place of love and righteous judgment. Righteous judgment, you may not like it. But don't you know in, in Hebrews, he says, for those he loved, those he chastised, if he loved you, you better hope God will chastise when you do wrong. Or at least tell you that you're doing wrong of nothing else. 
You know you're doing wrong with that, son. Now, however God choose to chastise you as him. Sometimes his chastisement is to love you. Y'all don't get that, day. Because when he loved you, like, God, I didn't mean to do it. I'm so sorry. Punish me. Whoop me. Do something. Just don't say nothing. <laughs> Whatever God does, he does it out of love and righteous judgment. Now, some people say, well, you know what? If, if God was good, why does he let evil happen on the earth? Well, one thing, God is a God of choice. He gives people choices. If he stopped giving you choice, he could stop all the evil. <laughs> but since he gives us choice, people choose to do good or they choose to do evil. That's just up to people. If he stopped giving people choice, he would take evil out. He would also take the choice of good out. Because he wouldn't have no choice. But he gives people choice. That's Therefore, there's consequences with choices. There's consequences with choices. I've learned over the years, police don't come uh, many times. They don't stop you a lot of times if you ain't speed. Thank y'all for the five, amen. People didn't quite get that. I know. I, I know. Hallelujah to God. You ain't never prayed that he didn't pull you over? Or she didn't pull you over? Or when they riding by, you, you kind of get that, that look up in the window. Man, them lights ain't coming on, order. You know, no, 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 Lord, don't let them lights come on. Don't let them lights come on. Don't pull out, God. Don't don't let them pull out, Jesus. Jesus, don't let them. No, God, no, 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 no. Lord, I do better. <laughs> y'all know, y'all probably, I'm the only one to pray there. Y'all, y'all pray for the rest of us, all right? Y'all pray for the rest of us. Some of y'all keep it down. Y'all don't worry about speed limit. Some of us, well, hallelujah to God, we have to pray and believe God. And boy, when they don't pull out, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because you know they had the right to do it. But God gave you grace. And you ever got pulled over and didn't get a ticket, God gave you grace. Hallelujah. Or if you got one and then it didn't go on your record, God gave you grace. I had one of the boys say, you know what, I'm going to put it down here so it don't go on your record. Just pay it and be done with it. I said, well, thank you, my brother. I know the brother from here. That was our speed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wrong. But God gave me grace. God gave me grace. Now, uh, we're grateful. Let's go to, uh, excuse me, Matthew 5, 16. I always understand God does not do stuff from evil, an evil place. Evil place. It's a, it's a term, I, I'm going to give a, a layman's term for it. I just give it to you in a very layman's term. In the law, it's called evil intent. They got to prove that somebody's doing something for evil cause. They call it motive in one case. Well, God doesn't do stuff out of evil intent. He doesn't do stuff out of evil intent. If God lets something happen to you, it's for a reason. And most of the time, the people that happen to, they know. But people on the outside, a lot of times, don't know. We don't know why people go through stuff. We think we know. And if God showed it to you, you know it. But many times, you'll think somebody dealing with something. I hear people all the time because of my seat, I can't, I can't expose it, but people say, you know what, uh, so-and-so going through this because of that. I'm like, you just have no idea what person A is going through and why they're going through it. You have no idea. Now, I don't go home and speak up for the person. I can't. It's just my, my line of work. I can't do that. But the thing you got to understand is you got to pray for people because one day you could be in them same shoes Dealing with that same situation. 
Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Matthew 5, 16. I, I'm going to move on from that. Because I thought that's good. We need to understand that. Notice what Matthew 5 and 16. Let your light so shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify the fa- your Father in heaven. Notice, they need to see your good works. They need to, what did I say, good, morally right, approved, agreeable by God. Your works, your deeds, your acts, your undertaking, and glorify the Father in heaven. Every opportunity we come and hear God's word, he illuminates our understanding of his, of his word. He makes visible or he brings a light on the understanding of his word. And notice how the illuminator illuminated what is supposed darkness in your life as well as shadiness in your life. Notice how the illuminator shines its light on good works like praying, witnessing, giving, encouraging others, loving others, studying the scriptures, and so forth. The end result is deliverance, peace, protection, spiritual growth and development, prosperity, and ultimately outworks will glorify the Father in heaven. That's why illumination is supposed to darkness, darkness and highlights good works. It highlights good work, good works. That's why we're so thankful that we operate in the light of Jesus, the light of Jesus. And when you operate in the light, one characteristic about the light, it will help you find stuff. It'll help you find stuff. It's much better. I know this might be a simple saying, but let me just go ahead and say it anyway. It's much better to look for stuff with light on than it is in dark. I I know, Pastor, does that do D for some of y'all? Don't need to give y'all the Greek, the Hebrew, the Hebrew, the Greek, or whatever. It's much easier to find stuff with the light on than it is in darkness. Much easier. And that's what Jesus does. He puts the light on our situation, and it helps us to find those things which are lost. He helps us to, excuse me, to discover, to learn, to gain those things which are lost. Can't find it. Render it useless. When you can't find it, you can't use it, can you? As well as what the world may want to withhold or hide from us. The world and worldly mindset can cause people to withhold information that can lead to our God-ordained prosperity, promotion, opportunity, mega deal, and such like. I'll be honest with you. People try to withhold information from us from getting to church. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I've been in this long, well, you know, Long time now. I've seen folks who try to hold information back from me. They'll try to hold information back from me. You ain't live long enough so they hold it back from you. Boy, I'll tell you, that, 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 that'll take you somewhere. And I ain't talking about the holy place where you're singing Hambaya, Uhuba, Kumbaya. You want to throw stuff and, and grab stuff and, and start slinging it. But anyway, you, you pray and ask God to illuminate stuff to you. And then... When you get opportunity to get the light, you need to take advantage of it. Let's go to Luke 15, verse 8. Our last, last scripture for today. Luke 15, verse 8. That dream, that vision, that aspiration, that promotion, that business idea that we thought was lost, we can find it because of the light. Give me about five more minutes. So it should be done. I'm close to it. Luke 15, verse 8. A what woman having ten silver coins... If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp. Now, this woman was smart. She lost something. She she lit a a lamp. She lit a lamp. Guess what she did? She swept the house. She searched carefully until until she, what, found it. She found it. 
At times, we have to know when to light a lamp, sweep the house, and search for God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to unlock our next steps in life. Sometimes you may not know what to do, but when you light the lamp or you go follow the omniscient God, when you follow the light of the world, you're going to know what to do. But notice this. She found what was valuable and what belonged to her. No, she had 10 coins. She lost one. That coin was valuable. She lost it. But she turned the light on, she swept, and she found it. You know what I thought about, too? She went through the effort to find that because that was valuable to her. I have dropped stuff, and because it wasn't valuable to me, I kept on walking. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But if I, if I felt like a $20 bill dropped out of my pocket, if I even thought a $20 bill dropped, if I thought a dollar dropped out of my pocket, let's be real. If I thought an even, even not even fell out. I go back and count my money. Okay. Okay, I still got it. <laughs> I have pulled my keys out and money fell on the floor. Y'all, y'all don't probably do stuff like that. Y'all pray for me. I, I still need Jesus. I have, listen, but there's some stuff fell out of my pocket. I looked at it and kept on walking. Piece of gum fell when that valuable to me. A dollar fell. Well, hey, I went and got that dollar. Corn fell. I heard the corn. What? what? The corn fell. Where that corn go? And y'all know how it is. It's a quarter. You go look for it. It's a penny. And it's too hard to get. <laughs> look, look, I don't want to bend over. <laughs> I'm too tired. I ain't going to bend over and get that penny right here. Y- y- y'all probably do stuff like that. I pray, pray for all of us. The point is, how valuable is that thing you're looking for? How valuable is it? See, when it comes to God, it should be valuable enough that you will turn to follow the light and find out what God wants to do in your life. You got see, that's why you're following the light. I follow the light in it. What he shows me is valuable to me. What he gives me is valuable to me. I want what is valuable from my Savior. Because I'm grateful that God's light helps us to find purpose. It helps us, uh, uh, excuse me, which we may be unsure until we really understand the plans of the one who created us. We're grateful that God's light helps us to achieve what he put us here on the earth to accomplish. Because folks will try to hide your purpose from you. They'll try to hide your destiny. Listen, even some good-minded kin folks will try to stop you from doing the will of God. But you got to have the light. You got to follow the light. You got to follow the, I'm talking about not, not, not these light bulbs up in the ceiling right here. I'm talking about the light of the world. Thank God for the light. I appreciate the light because the light got darkness out of our lives. The light got, listen, unbelief out of our lives. The light got oppression, depression, the things that we're going through out of our lives. And as a matter of fact, the light is still working on each and every one of us in this sanctuary. Woo! How many appreciate the fact that the light's working on you right now? He is supposed, I mean, no, the light just exposes stuff to your life. Exposes stuff that shouldn't be there. Listen, and, and, and what's great about it, he's showing some things we can't have. Like prosperity, wholeness, healing, happiness. We can be happy when we follow the light. Because that, I'm, I'm talking about real happiness. I'm talking about that fake stuff that only there for a moment. 
Like you, you can be happy during the movie, but as soon as the movie goes off, you you sad again. Now I'm talking about happy before the movie, during the movie, and after the movie. Happiness, cause why? We are following the light. If you like me, you're grateful and thankful that Jesus is the light of the world. How many are grateful that Jesus is the light of the world? I'm done. Stand your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.